chapter 39, welcome home. Luke 23, 44 and 45. It was now about the sixth hour and darkness came over the whole land until the ninth hour for the sun stopped shining and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. So I have a son who at 12 years old still freaks out every single time I get home from work his whole life. Whenever I've gotten home from work and I turn the doorknob to our front door, he hears it, screams daddy way before I even get the door open. By the time I step over the threshold, he's running full tilt at me. He wants a hug. He wants to wrestle. He wants to tell me about his day. He's excited to see me and I'm excited to be seen. I love this kid. I love to watch him talk. I love it when he gets excited about something and says, okay, bro. (laughs) I love that. I love the face he makes when he's singing and he thinks no one is watching and then realizes I'm looking right at him and loving every minute of it. I love going into his bedroom late at night when he's asleep, just to watch him pray for him. I love that kid. He just makes my heart burst with joy. I've only known my son for 12 years now, and already I can't bear to think about what life or the world would be like without him in it. It's the way I feel about all of my kids. I can't even imagine what God the Father's heart endured on the day our Lord laid down his life for us. It makes me shudder and tremble to think of it. I don't have words that are adequate for even my own poor understanding of that awful day much less the devastating truth the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit endured during those awful hours of the cross. Way back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he was baptized by John in the Jordan River. When our Lord came up out of that water, the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and the Father spoke out of heaven, saying, This is my Son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. The cool thing is that up until that moment, Jesus hadn't done any of the things that we know him for. He hadn't walked on water or healed a disease, turned water into wine or preached the Sermon on the Mount or raised Lazarus from the dead. Up until that moment, Jesus had never worked a miracle or recruited a follower. Up until that moment, Jesus was an unknown, unrecognized person. He wasn't famous or talked about. He was a blue collar laborer from a small town that no one really noticed. Not only that, but Jesus had gone unknown and unnoticed for 30 years. And his ministry, by the way, was only around three years which means that 90% of his life was not only a complete mystery to us, but to basically everyone else as well, because no one was even paying attention. Okay, so that's not actually entirely true. Someone was paying attention. God the Father was watching that quiet, small-town life every single day, in every single moment, without working a single miracle or really attracting any attention at all, Jesus was living the most beautiful life that the world had ever seen. 
from the moment he woke in the morning until the moment he closed his eyes on the day, Jesus perfectly pleased the heart of God. He walked through his life, loving everyone with this kind of love that no one had ever seen or even heard of. He never caved into temptation or harbored a bitterness. He never uttered or even thought one single unkind word in his entire life. He never acted out of vanity or for self-promotion. In fact, his every waking moment was like a secret love letter he was writing to his father. And maybe that's why we don't get to know about what Jesus was like in his teens and his 20s. It's none of our business. Those quiet years were a holy beauty designed and lived to please the heart of God, period. And by the way, it worked. As Jesus came up out of the water, the father said, look at my boy. Oh man, I love him. He's doing it. He's pleasing my heart with every step. I love to watch him live. We could never understand the love between the father and the son. And yet God loved us so much that the father gave the son for us. Luke 23 says that when Jesus was on the cross, the world was covered in darkness from noon until three o'clock because the sun stopped shining. The Lord said this would happen way back in the book of Amos chapter eight. In that day, declares the sovereign Lord, I will make the sun go down at noon and darken the earth in broad daylight. I will make that time like morning for an only sun. You see, the heart of God was breaking in two, and maybe he turned out the lights because what was happening was so deep between father and son that no one else needed to see it. Matthew and Mark tell us that at the end of the three hours of darkness, Jesus screamed. He shrieked, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He dropped the word father. They made a point to quote Jesus's words in the Aramaic language, even though the gospels were written in Greek, because that moment was so unforgettable a moment. Jesus had lost his father. Somehow, in ways we could never understand, the Son was cast out. The eternal fellowship and friendship of the Holy Trinity was shattered in an incomprehensible compression of eternity into three hours. Somehow, in ways I can't express and we could never really understand, Jesus lived through and experienced an eternity of separation from God on our behalf. In those three hours of darkness, in ways we can't understand, the father somehow lost his son forever. And then something amazing happened. Inside the temple in Jerusalem was a room that was completely off limits at all times. No one ever got to go into it except one person once a year. This room was called the most holy place or the holy of holies. And it was where the presence of God dwelled on earth. It was like a little earthly picture or version of God's throne in heaven. 
Kind of like when a kid draws a picture of their dad's office with crayons. In front of this secret throne room of God's presence in the temple was this huge curtain. It was a massive tapestry, like a painting made out of embroidered cloth. It was woven together with blue, purple, and red thread and a highly detailed drawing of the sky filled with angels. This curtain, which they called the veil, symbolized the separation between earth and heaven. It separated people from God's presence. Right before Jesus died, that curtain ripped in two from top to bottom. Jesus had paid for us with his perfect life and his spotless blood. He endured our hell so that we can be God's kids. The curtain ripped in two, and now we are no longer separated from God. Some scholars and historians tell us that from the place on Skull Hill where Jesus was crucified, a person would be able to see right into the temple. It could be that Jesus watched the veil being torn in his last moments of life. The veil that looked like the sky closing off earth from heaven was torn apart. And maybe, just maybe, it was the father's way of saying to the son, you did it. You finished it. It's over and welcome home. Jesus ended his life by talking once more to his dad. Father, into your hands, I commit my spirit. For more, get to a quiet place, read Luke 23, 44 through 46, and Amos 8, 9 through 10. If God went through all this to have you, what do you think that says about how important you are to him? How does it make you feel to know that the father and son willingly went through that eternal separation just so they could have you forever? Tell them all about it. Thank you.